It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Liverpool returned to Anfield for the first time since November with a 2-1 win over Leicester City. After conceding an early opener, the Reds strangely forced two own goals from Leicester's Wootfuss to turn the tie around and take all three points. Welcome along everyone to the post-game podcast. Patrick Smith here bringing you all the reaction as the Reds maintain their 100% Premier League record since returning from the World Cup break. Up first, we've got the Liverpool Echo's Paul Gorst, followed by Jurgen Klopp's press conference and then plenty of fan reaction as the view from the cop returns. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Liverpool have gone to within two points of the Premier League's top four after a hard-fought 2-1 win here in Anfield against Leicester City this evening. Uh, the name about Faz is probably one that Liverpool fans weren't too familiar with before this evening's game, but the Belgian defender carved his name into folklore in a bit of a perverse way with two almost comical own goals after Keane and Dewsby Hall had given Leicester a lead inside the first five minutes. Uh, the Reds were nowhere near at the best, it has to be said. Uh, the on-watching Cody Gakpo, who's uh, signing from PSV Eindhoven, was confirmed shortly after Christmas. He was watching on from the main stand and you um, might not have been too impressed by what he saw in the first half in particular. But uh, as we say, um, once Dewsby Hall had slotted inside the first five minutes, Liverpool tried to get back into the game and found a way uh, to parity in a bit of a strange Circumstance, Trent Alexander-Arnold's cross from the right was uh, sliced over Danny Ward by Faz. Uh, and if that one was uh, slightly unfortunate, the second goal was um, well, one of the most bizarre own goals you are likely to see this season at any level in football. Uh, Darwin Nunes racing clean through on his left foot. He kind of clipped it over Danny Ward. It's hit the post, it's come back to Faz. He didn't have too much uh, in the way of pressure on him from Mohamed Salah a few yards behind him. But he's, uh, he's at the panic stations and sliced it into his own net and given Liverpool a half-time lead that they perhaps didn't really deserve. Uh, once again, Darwin Nunes was um, full of running, full of action, full of uh, endeavour, just missing that final killer instinct in front of goal. He could have sealed it late on with a sweeping team move that hit the, um, the net. He's laid on Mohamed Salah with a, a great through ball that completely sliced Leicester open and the Egyptians put it wide. And he's also pinged one into the cop after a lovely given goal with Salah. So the effort is there, the final finishing touch, not quite there as it was just before the break when he scored seven goals across October to win Liverpool's player of the month. But um, Liverpool have made it six points from six um, across the last two games. A big win at Aston Villa on Boxing Day. Followed up here with another hard-fought victory. It's um, not exactly firing on all cylinders at the moment, but they are picking up the points and they move on to Brentford. On January the 2nd, which will no doubt be another difficult one. But uh, Liverpool marching on uh, to within two points now of Tottenham in fourth. And on they go. It's finished here at uh, Anfield. Uh, Liverpool 2, Leicester 1. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Uh, Jürgen had imagined the real satisfaction at job done. Two points off the top four as well. But what were your thoughts on the performance overall? Yeah. The result is very pleasing, obviously, um, but we all saw the game and it was not our best performance, we know that. Starting the game, um, conceding from a goal kick, oh, I actually don't think it... I can't remember a lot, of course, we conceded from a goal kick, to be one hammers and honest. We were just not there in that moment, we came three times too late, and in the end it's um, Trusper Hall is alone in front of Ali, and Ali can this time not save us. Um, so one nil down against a counter-attacking side, but the clear idea, um, yeah, absolutely opposite of what you want to have. Um, on top of that, um, we played further on, very much in Leicester's hands. So we lost the balls in the wrong moment when we were too open, and so again, we never could really get a not never, but for a long time got a foot in, the, in this game. Um, then we had our football moments and we forced them mistakes, called a disallowed goal. Um, and yeah, then the two own goals happens. I think especially the second goal is, uh, is brilliantly done. Um, and then uh, unlucky that it hits the post and even more unlucky for Leicester, obviously, that um, it get, uh, is an own goal. 2-1 half-time, we knew we have to improve. And we did. Um, that was higher. Um, more aggressive in the challenges, more connected, um, but still, they had their moments. They, they played a really good game. Credit to Leicester, and um, there's no no coincidence that they obviously have quite a decent away record, and you can see why. Um, but we had massive chances in the second half, which we where we could finish the game, could have finished the game off, didn't use them, and so that's pretty much the story of the game. And then you, when it's only two-one against a good opponent, um, then yeah, we have to fight through. That's what we did, and I'm pleased with that. Um, but of course, we have to play better. One of the other positives was Trent Alexander-Arnold, particularly his defending Really good, another first time. So, um, yeah, that's it. Was good, to be honest. It was really good and very helpful and very important in these moments. Very, very helpful. I think everybody knows how good Harvey Barnes is in these moments. Um, and yeah, trend exceptionally well. We had a few good performances, uh, really good performances, but um, the majority <laughs> was not on top of the game of their game. Let me say like this, and that's why um, this can happen. And again, it's. I said already to your colleagues that um, I'm, I'm getting closer to, I think, 1,000 games in the job and um, I saw these games, unfortunately, pretty often. So that can happen and then it's um, very special when you can win them because um, these are the games who decide about um, getting where you want to be or not. And that's why it's so important that we could bring it over the line tonight. That's what we did. Um, and now we have just two days and we don't know exactly who can go again and stuff like this, but Brentford is in the same situation, but they're in a really good moment. I think I saw big parts of the Tottenham game. There were a lot of things were really good um, and didn't see, obviously, yet anything from the West Ham game, but we'll watch it as well. West Ham tonight, yeah. 2-0. Two so, um, and... Huh? Oh, okay. No, I have no information about that yet. So, um, 
and obviously and we played we we had our problems there with the way they play and um so we have to be sh make sure that we are ready for that and that's all what i'm concerned about at the moment just check on andy robertson and harvey Elliott as well the yeah funny enough harvey before the game he injured robo a little bit so in our warm-up game he hit him with the knee at the hip so that was it's a dead leg so Good play, but then it's from one point the muscle closed, and then it couldn't play on. Um, and Harvey got a knock, which is quite painful. But uh, when you saw the situation uh, back then, it's, it was clear that's painful. But that's it, I think. Any news on Fabio? Sorry. Any news on Fabio? Yeah, not yet. Joe. Jurgen, is it in the Premier League is a tough place? Is there any room for sympathy for an opponent who scores two own goals? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had that once in my career that a player scored two own goals. And I really feel for him, I'm honestly, because it was absolutely unlucky. The first is a. Yeah, how can it be more unlucky? In the second one, if you ever played football, you go full speed in that situation, direction goal, you would expect the ball goes in. That's what your brain tells you in the moment when you realize it's not going, it's going to the post, you can't react anymore. So these things happen. Yes, of course, I feel sympathy. There's absolutely space for that. Um, but whatever I say now will not change it. So, um, but the boy will get through this, obviously, and um, and Brent will help him with that. So everything will be fine. No more for this. Don't we move on to the um the post game podcast on the Blood Red Channel. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Steve Dawson on Liverpool's 2-1 win against Leicester City. Very valuable three points. Uh, but when we deserved it, I think, overall, because we were certainly the better team on the day, although both both clubs had chances to score and, and, and win the game. But I think, overall, we deserved it. But it was, it was a, a deserved win that we couldn't really manufacture ourselves. We couldn't put the finishing touch on it. It was down to Leicester City to do that for us. And when the cop greeted um, a brief piece of possession outside of his own penalty area in the second half and they yelled at Wout Faz to shoot, that was the biggest smile that anybody or anything generated on my face this evening because there wasn't a great deal else to smile about, was there? I thought Thiago had an excellent game, a really solid game from him. Um, perhaps the best I've seen him play all season. He, he looks so confident with the ball at his feet. I think the not being selected for the World Cup clearly done him an awful lot of good. He looked fresh. He looked he looked busy, as he always does. Constantly wanted the ball and did very good things with it uh, when he when he did get the ball. Um, no, no discussion about. Any Liverpool game this season would be complete without mentioning Darwin Nunez. And um, again, a lot to say tonight, but nothing really, nothing really new. Let's face it. 
it twice showed absolutely tremendous speed. I mean, he is going to cause nightmares for central defenders uh, in in England and indeed around Europe because he he seems to be uncatchable once he opens up that stride and starts pounding away down the field. He's very, very quick. Um, but still can't get a shot on target, which is, which is still a point of concern. I remember, well, Michael Owen has spoken, I think, very intelligently um, this season a number of times on whether it's important to get a shot on target. Uh, he, he says that, well, he makes the point effectively that if a goalkeeper saves a weak shot on target, it isn't, it's no different from you having a, um, a, a cleaner struck shot that drifts off target. The, the end result is the same. What you're trying to do is beat the goalkeeper, and to do that against top goalkeepers, you need to, you need to bury those shots, typically low and hard, close to the either goalpost, inside either goalpost, preferably, or, or top corner, you know, that's that's how you give yourself an excellent chance of beating goalkeepers. And Nunes not being able to register a shot on target um, in, in any kind of uh, impressive percentage, I'm, I'm not quite sure how to think about it, but, but he's not, he, he's clearly not achieving it. I mean, everything is over the bar. Um, we did see, of course, in him hit the post, and, and that was a difficult opportunity uh, that, that led to the one of the young goals. The first one, I think it was, wasn't it? Um, and he was he was unlucky there, obviously, because you know, a couple of inches to the left, and it would have been a super goal, super finish from him. Um, there's one one excellent, very encouraging passage of play when he picked the ball up in his own half, took several touches. Um, and then you realise, OK, what's he going to do? Is this going to be something productive or is it going to be uh, a little bit disappointing again? He had several options as well. None of them were easy to execute, mind you. And in the end, he picked out an absolute peach of a ball to Mo Salah. And if Mo had scored, then we would be quite rightly raving about Darwin's contribution in that move. So, you know, same conclusion that we've had so many times. He's really struggling to hit the target um, in, in, in terms of the percentage of shots uh, on goal that he has. And um, electric pace, very involved, scary for all the defenders, but end product is, is lacking at the moment. And I remain confident that it will come eventually. Um, uh, Co-commentators on Premier League production were talking about how, you know, he, what a player he's going to be in 18 months. And I think that's a little bit disappointing for us as Liverpool fans because having seen him, having caught an exciting glimpse of him before he joined us, uh, when he played against us in the Champions League, we were expecting him, to be, expecting him to be pretty close to the finished product when he arrived, or at least being able to do something um, productive on a more regular basis than he currently is. And yeah, I, I, I don't doubt that he's going to be a super player 18 months from now. I just really wish that we could cut that down to, you know, now, <laughs> if not three or six months from now. But um, continues to 
generate conversation, debate, and uh, yeah, lots of excitement. Um, I thought Harvey Elliott and Jordan Henderson probably stayed on the field a little bit too long today, but what choice really did Jurgen Klopp have? Fabinho obviously was not available today, and we are light in midfield. We've, I think that's obvious to all of us, and if we're going to buy one or, fingers crossed, two world-class midfielders between now and the beginning of next season, that is so desperately needed. And I think today was a good illustration of why that happens. Jordan was off the pace today, I think partially at fault for the first goal. Harvey Elliott um, played well early on, um, but drifted out of... uh, the game in the second half had one or two pretty loose touches in the second half, under-hitting passes, and then looks like he's picked up an injury. And the way he rammed his fist into the ground while he was while he was down and receiving attention makes you think that it's not an injury that's going to heal quickly. So that's that's disappointing. And maybe, hopefully, one bright side of that is that it'll push Liverpool into making a solid midfield signing sooner rather than later let's hope so good three points today I think that's what we perhaps ought to dwell on for the time being at least at Galasahi on Twitter G-U-L-A-S-A-H-I Hi this is Owen from Cop On Podcast what a result a banger of a three points after a somewhat soggy match in which Liverpool's slushy, limp midfield was matched by some wet fish finishing by our attackers. Ding dong merrily on high, though, our lethal new striker, Vout Fass, stepped up, and in the end, the right result was had. Yes, the pundits will tell you it was lucky, and those two goals certainly were, but with, for example, 21 Liverpool, Liverpool shots to Leicester City's seven, three big chances for Liverpool to two for Leicester City, the stats will tell you this was indeed a deserved win. Just. A typical Jurgen Klopp epithet is, we must learn from our mistakes. And I think Hendo and Robbo have a lot of studying to do after that performance. However, I don't wish to dwell on the negatives after a massive three points. Tis the season to be jolly after all. And if there's one player who had me ho-ho-hoing all match, it's our resident lunatic, Darwin Starwin Nunez. He was absolutely brilliant again today, despite his profligacy in front of goal. Seven shots on target, following on from six against Villa, and yes, no goals, so the naysayers and the poo-pooers may unwisely point and laugh, but yet we Liverpool fans, we know, don't we, we are well aware that no defence can stop him on this form from getting those chances. Darwin's Garacharua attitude, his pace, his unpredictability and his strength 
make him unplayable, and it really is just a matter of time before he's banging them in like a time-pressed Santa chucking presents down the chimneys of terraced Victorian English houses. Also staying on the anode of today's battery, or the positive side, Trent Alexander-Arnold performed tigerishly today. Although he may not have been at his best with his long balls, with only four of fourteen finding their targets, without the ball he made four key tackles and three key interceptions, and I hope that strong defensive performances like tonight will help him rediscover his joy at playing football, at being involved with this marvellous, marvellous team. He is a wonderful player. He has all the talent in the world. On to Brentford then, uh, where I hope that Ibu Konate starts, and I hope we're able to find a lot more steel than we found today. This is Owen from Cop On Podcast, delighted with the three big ones, saying, have a marvellous new year, everyone. Mike Holt with my review on Liverpool 2, Leicester City 1. That was um, not the way we envisaged the win happening, but by Christ, in that last half an hour, we'd have took it. Um, the Reds on the day were pretty abysmal, um, especially first half, we were catastrophic to be quite honest couldn't string two passes together look like they never played together before um second half they improved slightly but you know we both of our goals obviously it's gonna be well documented come from leicester's belgian center half um which is it's 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 a funny one really because in terms of liverpool they got in the right positions to score they just didn't find the back of the net off the off their own merit um, you know, Nunes got in some great positions, just couldn't finish his dinner on the day. Salah the same. Um, but, you know, in the last half an hour, it doesn't really matter. You just take the win. Um, we, we're crying out for three points week in, week out at the moment as we can get ourselves back into that top four. Um, in terms of the starting lineup, kind of as expected, obviously, Fabino um, was missing from the squad, um, which meant Harvey Elliott came in. Um, back four, I thought, I thought first half especially, and slightly in the second half, we 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 wanted to play the offside trap so much that we you actually they actually forgot about their own defensive duties, and that comes from Leicester's goal. If you look, if you look back at that goal, Robertson, you know, so obsessive wanting to play the line that he doesn't actually just think I need to go with the man. You know, the man's onside. He's played the offside trap well. I just need to go with the man. Um, and I think if, he, if he'd have done that, rather than playing the offside trap, he probably would have made the tackle. Uh, there was quite a few times where Leicester just got in behind with a long ball or a little chip ball over the top, straight through the midfield. You could tell we were missing Fabino. Um, but second half, I thought we defended well, and especially in the last 20 minutes. Um, Trent was outstanding against Harvey Barnes. All the stick he gets, I thought it was exceptional. One-on-one with him. Midfield, Thiago I thought was superb. You know, he's he's so he's so used to Thiago being this ball playing centre half, uh, ball playing midfielder. But he got stuck in. He got tenacious. He, he pressed. He was, thought he was brilliant. Henderson I thought the captain was really poor today. I thought it wasn't one of his better games. 
Um, Robertson the same. I thought Robertson was horrendous, absolutely horrendous. Um, I think it's time for Simicast. I know it looks like he's probably got an injury there, but I would have even said prior to Robertson going off that injury, I'd have said Simicast plays the next games. I think he's so off the boil at the moment. Um, Harvey Elliott played really well. Um, I hope that isn't a serious injury for him. You know, he got knocked around a lot and he got stuck in. He, he held the ball well. Um, I thought he was really good. Uh, and the only one I'm missing is Oxley Chamberlain, who again flatters to deceive, sort of in some ways. You know, you just never know what you're going to get with him. His body language looks like he's not bothered. Um, I, I don't know. Don't really know what to expect with him, to be honest. I was kind of calling for that Ben Doak to come on for for Ch- Chamberlain just to add a bit of direction, a bit of pace. Um, but like I say, the main thing is we got the, the three points in the end. Um, and we go into Brentford, obviously. They've just got a win there themselves today. It's a really tough place to go there. So, you know, if we'd have dropped points at home today, then going and having a tough away game again, it would have been felt a bit, not doom and gloom, but it felt would have felt a bit down in the dumps. So I think it's so important that we've just got that three points there. Keep the pressure on. Hopefully the teams around us drop a few points tomorrow um, and this weekend coming just so we can just retain a bit of ground Liverpool come away with a victory from the game at Anfield tonight against Leicester City but a really difficult fixture once again for Liverpool and again a fixture that resembled a game which could have swung either way and I've mentioned this all season now it's been really worrying that Liverpool have become a game uh, become a side sorry that, that often play almost a basketball match within a game and the winner has often been decided by the simplistics of, of who is more clinical on the day. Now, as it happened today, obviously Liverpool got fortunate with two, two own goals, but again, created a number of chances to have won the game themselves. On the other side, Leicester also created opportunities within the game, which could have seen them come away with some points. But more worrying than the actual opportunities that are created throughout the, the game by both sides is the actual swing of the game, the flow of the game. I mean... Liverpool without the ball looks so vulnerable, and I've said this for a, a you know basically all season now. But I think it's really hit home to me, especially watching the last couple of games, how poor Liverpool have been in terms of managing the opposition when they have the ball. And I mentioned again last week, you know, this is a Liverpool midfield, for example. And by the way, it's not just Liverpool's midfield. When Liverpool is to defend as a team, they defend as a collective with all the units of the team. However, there's an obvious problem in midfield and it isn't just the decline in physicality of some of the players in there. There's no doubt that Liverpool have got players beyond their physical peak and also players of potentially limited physical capacity to be able to apply enough pressure to the ball in key areas. And I felt Leicester looked so much quicker, so much more physical, so much more mobile than Liverpool within spells in the game, especially in the first half, to dominate that area and really look like they could cut through Liverpool at each moment in time. And that wasn't through fantastic football, although they did play some some good spells at times. It was more the fact that Liverpool couldn't get close to Leicester. They couldn't lay a glove on the ball when they were out of possession, Liverpool. And obviously, it helps to have physical monsters within midfield. You know, Liverpool throughout the years have had Fabinho, 
Jorginho Vijnaldum, Jordan Henderson at his physical peak. These were were serious physical specimens in within Liverpool's midfield, able to apply that pressure and get up to the ball. And there's, like I say, there's no doubt that that isn't particularly particularly the case now. Liverpool have a a more limited version of player in there in 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 terms of physicality terms. But there has to also be a worry about the tactical setup at Liverpool at Liverpool at this moment in time in the way that teams are able to play through because it isn't necessarily the case that you have to have the greatest physical specimens in your midfield midfield to be able to apply pressure to the ball. Yes, it will obviously massively help in that sense, but the greatest pressing team in world football's ever seen was Barcelona with a midfield of Busquets, Xavi and Iniesta, who, although were mobile, you know, weren't fantastic physical specimens. So, and a lot of that comes down to the fact that they were massively fantastically organised without the ball. The collectives of all the units within the team and within one unit of being the midfield were able to uh, support each other, want to apply pressure to the ball, want to act as support and want to act as a balance player always around the ball. So that meant that when the opposition were trying to circle out of tight areas, they couldn't do that and then the, the ball was being able to be won back and that's exactly the same with Liverpool in the prime. Not only was the physical specimens of the players a lot higher, but in organisational terms, they were so much more well-equipped to apply pressure to the ball. And that just isn't happening at this moment in time for Liverpool. They're a few yards off every time they're able to, to try and apply that pressure and again, it, it means that the defence are then put into situations where the opposition are in. They have broken that first line of pressure or second line of pressure and then are getting in really advantageous areas to be able to hurt Liverpool. And we know that Liverpool, for the vast majority of the time, under Klopp will play with a default 4-3-3 default system. But within that, Liverpool have had to alter their approach in terms of the, the pressure that, are, that they can apply and that might be just slight tactical shifts in terms of the direction a certain player is able to, to send the opposition into the areas they want them to, to go with the ball which allows then to, the ball to be stole back. It's small intricacies which have meant that Liverpool have always looked when they've been at the best able to suffocate teams, able to camp the opposition in their own half and not allow them to get their head up and find the pass. And that's simply not the case at the moment. And although the lack of physicality worries me, it's that combination of the lack of organisation to apply the pressure that I don't see how it changes at this moment in time. It has to be work on on the training field because Liverpool's players aren't going to get quicker, they aren't going to get more physical overnight. But what they can certainly do is they can have a, a more constructive organisation which allows them to be much more compact and more difficult to play against. Obviously, from the, the plus side of things, I suppose, for Liverpool, Trent Alexander-Arnold's performance in the last two games, I think he's been absolutely fantastic with the ball. And also today, especially without the ball, he put in a really assured performance. And again, Darwin Nunes continues as mentioned last time, to get in really good areas. So I don't worry too much about that, such as the the threat him and Salah still have on teams and, and allow Liverpool to, at this moment in time, be able to, to gain results, whether he's actually finishing the chances or not. He's doing enough to occupy a back line, which eventually allows Liverpool to... Uh, succumbs to Liverpool's attack and play and then concedes goals. So... So in terms of firepower-wise, Liverpool still have that. However, for me, there's a there's a major problem there with, without the without the ball. 
just to go on to the sign of Cody Gakpo, obviously, this week, I haven't seen a great deal of the, pl- the player, pardon me, if I'm honest. Um, so I couldn't really tell you about sort of individually what he'll bring to Liverpool. Um, obviously, you read things, but I like to see him with me, my own eyes. But at first, when Liverpool were making the signing, I wouldn't say it sort of caught me by surprise, but I maybe didn't look at it into the level of need that Liverpool were at in terms of that forward line at this moment in time. Because with Diaz, I mean, you look at Diaz, he's going to be out till March, you know, it seems to be the case in what's being being said. But even when he comes back in March, he's not going to play football for six months. I mean, the, the reality is the season is there or there about to write off for him in terms of, you know, coming back in and, and being able to, to produce his best levels. Diogo Jota doesn't look like he's back until maybe mid-February is the diagnosis. So that really does leave Liverpool in a position where they, they are massively struggling in that left-sided position. And when you look at it like that, I don't think Liverpool had any choice but to go and bring in a player in that area. And obviously with Gakpo being available and posting figures that they will hope are transferable into the Premier League, that was obviously the the, the fourth process behind that signing. And like I say, when you look at it in Oxlade-Chamberlain starting the last two games, and it's no slides on Oxlade-Chamberlain, who's, for me, a central midfield player who needs to see the game in front of him, needs to play in one of them three central areas, then he's obviously operating on that left-hand side. And the re- just the reality of it is, if that was to continue, whether it be Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain or whether it be Fabio Carvalho, who's, who again is a player who is more suited to playing inside, that, when you're taking away one-third of your attack in terms of productivity or, or goal threat, at some point, that's going to cost Liverpool as well. So when I actually looked at it, I think it was a it was something that Liverpool had to do, and hopefully the player will go on to be to be really productive for Liverpool in the coming months because having a player who is efficient and who is a goal threat on that left hand side may again be the difference in, in where Liverpool end up finishing in the in, in the league if Diogo Jota and of course Luis Diaz are out for the period of time that they're expected to be, which it seems like it's it's not even a conversation, that seems to be the case. Finally, just touching back on the midfield, I mean, Naby Keita, I feel for me, has, has got to come in at this moment in time. I feel it's an absolute no-brainer. Harvey Elliott, for all his great qualities, we know that he's essentially a wide player or, or a number 10, currently operating in a, in a three-man midfield. One that does not have, for the most part, legs in Thiago, Henderson, Fabinho... And Elliot can't move either. I mean, that is one going to be one of the restrictions in terms of what level Elliot reaches. You know, is he going to be the outstanding footballer that means he's going to overcome them limitations physically? But at this moment in time, when you're combining them players together in terms of their physical capacity, it, it just looks like a mismatch every time Liverpool goes to play against any team with legs. And for me, that's why Liverpool if they aren't going to sign a player or can't find the right player, then you've got to try and get Cater in there. I, I don't see any other any other option they have at this moment in time because if they continue to have that lack of legs and the lack of organisation that I've talked about, then I just can't see Liverpool being able to win consecutive games and being on the right side of the scorelines like today enough to be able to catapult them and leapfrog them above other sides. You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.